Hello and welcome to another episode of My Hunting Journal. In this podcast, we talk about hunting, shooting, and the great outdoors. Now, if you follow along with my other social media accounts, like my Instagram and my Facebook, you would know what today's podcast episode is going to be about. And if you don't follow along to my other social media accounts, you definitely should. The name of the account is My Hunting Journal, uh, both on Instagram and on Facebook. But even if you just follow along to the podcast, uh, you might still have an idea of what this episode is about, because last week's episode of the podcast was focused completely around my very first ever archery hunt in Montana. Last week I told the story of my very first archery hunt, which happened to be opening day of archery season for the 2023 uh, deer and elk season. And I told the story of going out Saturday with two really good friends of mine, and I shared some lessons that I learned along the way. But I only told half the story. And uh, again, if you follow my Facebook, you may have seen a post regarding that. In opening weekend, I hunted more than just Saturday. Opening weekend for the 2023 archery season uh, lined up very well for Monday being Labor Day, which is a paid holiday for me, which meant that I had the opportunity to go hunting Monday as well. Now, originally I was planning on hunting with the guys that I went out with on Saturday, and we had talked about plans for hunting Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, but I actually wound up going back home Sunday to make sure that I helped my wife get the kids to church and uh, enjoy the community that we have in our church. So I went back home for Sunday and reached out to the guys Sunday night and found out that they had other plans for Monday. And so I decided that Monday would be a good opportunity to reach out to some other friends. And I spent Sunday night uh, calling around to all of my friends who might potentially want to go hunting with me. And they were all either busy or had other plans or just not interested in going out quite yet. And so I decided that Monday would be my first ever solo hunt. And uh, when I say my first solo hunt, I'm not necessarily saying my first time on my own at all, because there have been times where I go out with somebody else and we decide to split up for a while and make an agreement that we're going to meet back at a designated time at a designated location. But this would be my first time ever going out completely on my own with no other friends, uh, even on the same piece of property as me, and decided to Uh, take up that challenge for myself. So I set my alarm on Sunday night for 3 o'clock in the morning, and at 3.30 woke up to some very gnarly rain that was not originally forecasted. And when I checked the forecast, it actually said it was going to rain all day. Which, if you know anything about big game animals, during the rain, it can be kind of a double-edged sword for the big game hunter. It can be very advantageous on the one hand because the rain can mask your scent and your sound a lot better than on a typical calm day. But it can also be a disadvantage wherein the animals are not moving as much as they normally do. The same way that we don't like being out in the rain getting wet, the animals don't like it either. And so by and large, the animals will be bedded down during the rain and waiting until the weather breaks a little bit for them to step out and feed. 
and your highest chance of running into an animal is while that animal is moving. So if they're bedded down, the odds that you're going to run into them or see them moving or spot them are a lot lower. Now I woke up at 3.30, the rain had come, and I checked the forecast, and they changed the forecast to say that it would be raining most of the day. But I decided that I would brave the rain and go attempt to spot some animals. So I drove out to a piece of land that I had been e-scouting for a little while now. I had found it online on Onyx uh, probably about three months ago and had been meaning to go and check it out and do a little bit of scouting but just have never actually put boots on the ground in this location. But I was pretty confident from my mapping it out on Onyx and Google Earth that I would know the terrain well enough to be able to get in and find a good vantage point and do a little bit of glassing, pull my binoculars out and look for some animals bedded down taking shelter from the rain. Well, this became a problem when I got to the area where I thought that I would be able to park and found that the ditch on the side of the road was way too deep to be able to pull off to the side of the road and park. And the only other area to park would be on private land, which is not legal. So uh, I decided that I wouldn't be able to park there and I drove around a little bit further and found another trailhead about a half a mile away that I would be able to park on. And this other trailhead I parked at and I quickly scanned the Onyx topographic map to see what the terrain features would be like from this trailhead to my original spot. And it didn't look all that bad. But I shined a flashlight around a little bit and did a little short walk out of my car before realizing that the topographic map on Onyx was far more generous than what reality had in store for the terrain in this area. By that I mean that the terrain was steep and rugged and very difficult to navigate, especially in the dark and in the wet conditions that I was in. So, at this point, I was feeling a little bit discouraged, and I decided maybe today wouldn't be the best day to go out on my first solo hunt. Maybe the, the rain was my first sign that I should have paid attention to, and I should really just go back home. So that's what I did. I went back home, and I slept in until about 8 o'clock when I woke up and saw that the weather was no longer bad. Despite the fact that in the middle of the night they changed the forecast to call for rain all day, by the time I had woken up, though the forecast still called for rain, the skies looked blue and sunny. Now this can be the tough part about living in a valley where oftentimes the weather radar does not pick up the storms that are down in the valley, or sometimes they pick up storms that get hooked around the mountain range on either side of our valley. and the radar picks up storms that really don't hit us as severely as the weather calls out for. So I decided to take my chances and go out one last time to see if it would be a viable day to hunt. And instead of going back to the same spot that I was at earlier in the morning, I decided that I would go back to a spot where I did some spring bear hunting during the spring bear season of 2023. There was one spot in particular that a good friend of mine showed me and when we went out there bear hunting he, met, he had mentioned to me that he had never been to this spot and not seen elk. So I was very encouraged that there was a high likelihood of encountering elk 
and decided to start walking. And it was still wet, but it was no longer raining. And the site that I was hunting at was a trailhead with a logging road departing from the trailhead. And I was unsure of the legalities of driving this old logging road. I know that there are certain roads with motorized vehicle restrictions, and so I just wasn't sure. And when we had gone spring bear hunting, they had the road closed. So I decided that I would just hike in. And beyond the fact that I wasn't sure about whether the road was open to motorized vehicles or not, I also knew that it wasn't uncommon to see animals on this logging road. And so I figured I would hike in on this road and take my chances that I might find an animal on the road as opposed to needing to get all the way up to our spot and get off the road before encountering any animals. So I started hiking this road with my pack and my bow and my handgun on my side as well because I was in bear country. And after hiking for about 15 to 20 minutes, I saw the first vehicle pass me. And the first vehicle passed me with the windows down, and they came cruising past me at probably about 30 miles an hour, which on an old logging road with switchbacks and rough terrain seemed pretty fast. And it wasn't but probably another 10 minutes after that that the second vehicle had passed me. And the second vehicle actually stopped and rolled their window down, asked if I had any luck. I told them, not yet. And... Uh, they asked me if I knew any good spots for bird hunting. To which I said, not really around here, but you know, I have a meadow that I think I've heard some thumping in before and you can go check that out if you want. And I pointed them in the right direction and they wished me luck and drove off. And finally, after, after probably hiking somewhere about two and a half miles in, a third vehicle had passed me. And similar to the first one, this third vehicle came flying up the road with the accelerator all the way on the floor and making a lot of noise with the radio in their car all the way up. And at this point, I was a little bit frustrated because it was wet out and I was tired and I was discouraged. And I thought to myself, there's no way that I'm going to see any animals after a vehicle like that comes through and blows out everything from the forest. So I decided to turn around and walk back. Now, to my surprise, that truck did blow out animals, but it blew out a deer that I did not manage to see as, as I was walking up the road. Just about 10 yards behind me, a mule deer doe jumped out from underneath a big fir tree, and I must have walked right past her. And when this truck came by, this truck must have jumped her out, and she was standing in the road staring at me, and I was standing in the road staring at her, and I watched her gallop off into some very tall grass and this tall grass was pretty wet as well and I had a split second thought that if I am going to go and traverse this tall grass and get my pants all wet I'm not going to come out of it without an animal. I also had it in my mind that any legal game that I could have a shot at I would take that shot whether it be a doe or a buck or a cow or a bull or even a black bear, because I still have my black bear tag with me. So in this split second, I was deciding whether or not it would be worth it to go chase this deer through tall, wet grass and need to pack it out from a field who knows how far from the road if I, if I do manage to successfully track her down. And as I was thinking about this, I looked up and realized 
she really wasn't standing all that far from the road. So I took a few steps into the tall grass, kind of quietly, and she noticed me move, and she looked back at me, and I picked up my rangefinder and ranged where she was at, and she was about 30 yards, and she took a couple steps further away from me, which also put her slightly behind a tree, and so I took a couple more steps towards her so that the sight line was clear again and being able to see her fully and having told myself that I would take a shot on any legal game I decided to see if she would let me draw my bow back on her knowing that she was about 30 yards away I drew my bow and she started to take a step but stopped and continued staring at me I held my 30 yard pin right on the crease behind the front shoulder about a third of the way up As I let my release go, she took one more step forward. Now normally in archery, this would be problematic, where you can either wind up hitting a shoulder bone that you had not anticipated, if you were aiming further forward, or you could hit the animal too far back and have a long tracking job to do. Luckily, in my case, as she stepped forward, she kind of turned towards me a little bit, and the arrow went in, right through her heart and came out about the middle of the backside of her body and I heard her gallop away I didn't know exactly where I hit her at the time but it wasn't more than about three or four seconds after the arrow hit her that I heard a crash and on the other side of the tree where she was originally being blocked I saw her hooves straight up in the air and at this I had my first successful archery kill so of course I waited for a few minutes to make sure that she was fully expired before I approached her cautiously. I poked her eye to make sure that her reflexes were not still active and that she wasn't still alive. And I drug her to an ideal area to be able to take a couple of pictures and begin the work of field dressing her. Now, similar to last week's episode, there are some lessons that I learned from this hunt that I want to share on this podcast. The first lesson is that e-scouting isn't always enough. My original plan that I went to at 3.30 in the morning probably would have been a perfectly viable plan had I drove out there at some time before trying to go out at 3.30 in the morning to go hunt it that day. If I had put boots on the ground scouting, I would have known a better place to park, I would have known a better access point, and I would have been able to come up with a more... uh, applicable plan for the day. However, having neglected that and having done the work of e-scouting without the actual work of getting out to the spot and hiking around a little bit, I had no idea what I was getting myself into, which led to me being very uh, disappointed in my expectations. So this is something that I, I, I think we can all learn from. We can all definitely learn that there's no such thing as scouting too much pre-season or even during the season trying to scout out a different area to come back and hunt later. But it's probably not the best idea to go to a brand new area before sunrise expecting that you're going to find awesome land features and terrain to hunt in. Now, the second side of that coin is if you do fail to get out there and do scouting, and if you do fail to get out before sunrise, and if you do fail to execute on the plan that you had originally come up with, don't give up on your hunt. Most people say, 
that if you don't shoot an animal within a few hours after sunrise, you should not even bother hunting the afternoon. You should go home, eat some lunch, and come back for the evening and really only hunt sun up and sundown. And if you can only hunt for three hours a day, that's a great tactic. But if you can manage to put in a hunt all day, and if you can manage to adapt when your plans go awry, then I think that there's a lot more success waiting for you in the ability to adapt than there is in having a perfectly executable plan. And I think that that's proven by the fact that this wasn't even on my agenda for Labor Day. First off, I wasn't planning on going on my first solo hunt. And even after I came up with the plan to go on my first solo hunt, I quickly gave up on it and came back home. And having not expected to see anything after missing the prime hours of sunrise, and after having not expected to see anything because of the weather, I really did not have high hopes for going out to this spot and hunting. But the Lord had blessed us with a deer to fill our freezer and give us a little bit of meat. And so we are very thankful for that. And I'm taking that lesson to heart that I cannot become discouraged when I'm planning a hunt because you never know when success is going to come. And on that note, success doesn't have to mean punching a tag. On the Saturday of opening day, we had set a goal that we would all agree that we would have had a successful hunt if we at least found the elk that we were chasing. And if you listen to last week's episode, you'll know that we not only found them, but we had three encounters with them. In one of those encounters, I actually knocked an arrow in my bow and thought that I would have a shot. Now, of course, I didn't wind up getting a shot, but the simple act of even being able to knock my arrow in expectation was to me a huge success on that hunt. And if I look at that hunt with disappointment saying that I'm bummed out that I didn't punch my elk tag, then I'm not going to be able to enjoy those memories to the fullest. But instead I look at that hunt uh, very excited that I even got to get that close to such beautiful and majestic animals. And that encourages me to go out and get out, get after them again to go out on my next elk hunting adventure and to continue uh, my hunting journey that is leading to such great fulfillment in my life, uh, such a great hobby for me to partake in, and a great experience that I am one day going to be able to share with my kids. Now, if you enjoy this podcast and you look forward to hearing me tell the stories of future hunts, would you please rate and review this podcast and follow along next week? And would you please reach out to me on my social media pages? Check out My Hunting Journal on Instagram and Facebook or email me at myhuntingjournalpodcast at gmail.com. Next week, I hope to talk a little bit about the gear that I brought with me on these archery hunts as well as the gear that I'm continuing to bring out with me for the hopes of punching my elk tag during archery season this year. And so if that's something that would interest you, would you please tune back in next Tuesday for another episode of My Hunting Journal. Thanks for listening, and God bless.